okay then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what's up? Man, what's going on, Luke? You ready to broadcast today? Because as I was telling you before the broadcast, um, I'm jacked up right now. This is this is one of those days. As a football player based in Orange, I can tell you right now, there were times you took the practice field <laughs> where you knew, and especially in training camp, you knew this was going to be a day, baby. This was going to be a day. We're talking about practice. We're talking about brawling. We're talking about going out there. It was one of the great things about stepping in between those white lines. You just knew it. Today is the day. Let's go out and play this game and do it to the ground with blood under our nails and challenge yourself. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. A little jacked for this broadcast. Wow, this is all right. This is going to be interesting then because. You know, this is we're ramping up now for the stretch run in the NBA. Spring training's ramping. coming up. There's there's a lot of stuff. Like we're on the cusp of a lot of things. March Madness, by the way. And I know yeah, you do no no ref or no uh, research at all for March Here Madness. Comes you just BPI. look at the BPI. Yeah. Um, when we do the brackets this year, yeah, I'm gonna finish last, and I usually do really well in the brackets. Why historically? Why are you saying that? I, it's like the one. It's the one thing I haven't got to watch a lot of national college basketball this year. Oh, okay. Like I just have right, very just little know, reference yeah, points. You just know right now. Well, that's BPI. <laughs> you just go with the BPI, so, and guess what? I've won it twice. <laughs> I just want you to know. Thank that. you for pointing okay. that out. I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the BPI bracket, but I'm gonna change like two picks that I'm sure of. So I know I finish ahead of you. Like, I'll just finish ahead of Wolf, and that's all it's going to take. You know what's kind of cool about this as well, my brothers, right now? There's a, there's a pause, right? It's it, it, There's a little, the dust is kind of settling a little bit right now. The you calm know, before the storm. The, the all-star break yeah. with the Phoenix Suns, of course. And then, of course, 27 games. Here comes a run towards the second season, the postseason. What will this run Portend for the Phoenix Suns. I don't know, but we're going to be talking about that as the show unfolds. So Kevin Durant was on the boardroom cover story. Did just I know you saw this. I don't know what I'm going to ask you, but I'm, hey, Wolf, did you watch this? Yeah, Luke, I sure <laughs> did. After you sent it to me, I didn't. Aaron sent it to you. Uh, yeah, it was it was yes. good. It was very good. Um, look, I mean, I've said this in the past. Kevin Durant is one of those guys, if he wasn't on the Suns, I'd still be watching this. I remember watching, I think it was like a shoe drop special for him like 10 years ago on Showtime just because it was Kevin Durant. And I've told you before, like I, if, it, if Kevin Durant's on a long-form podcast, yeah. I'm listening because KD will go off on random stuff in life that is interesting. It's not just the same old chambered answers that you get from a lot of athletes. He's no rando, but he will go rando. He will go rando. Which is kind of cool. This was about an hour-long special. Really good. At one point, he just started quoting Vinny Testaverde's career stats to somebody. And First were, of all, like, well, okay. what are you doing? <laughs> so, he said that he watched that Vinny Testaverde documentary, yes. right? Yeah. Do you think Wolf was in it? Oh. No. No. I mean, there may have been. 
Third down. I didn't even think of that. Well, Vinny did throw me a touchdown pass. I mean, you realize that, right? <laughs> Obviously. It's the first thing saying, I think of every look, day. I think it was one of one of two touchdown passes I actually had. The first reception of his career? That's No, it was not the first reception, but I think Vinny did. Yeah, there was Vinny. It was a, a little, they put me on the wing and a little, I, I hooked it up in the back of the end zone. And there I was, and he threw me the ball against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll never forget Greg Lloyd coming to absolutely hammer me. That's what Greg Lloyd did. It was the did. first time I actually took my eye off the ball base audience. The first time I ever did that to look at, oh man, Greg, and then I caught the ball. Touched Fake to Vardell. Testaverde. Unbelievable that I did that. And it, can I tell you something right now? I'll finish the story quickly. And I know we weren't going to go here. But I, after I caught that touchdown pass and I had never, never taken my eye off the ball like that, like I did to notice somebody hitting me like, like Greg Lloyd did. That was year nine in my NFL career. And I went to cover the kickoff, and the dog pound was going nuts. And I walked towards the dog pound like this with my arms up, and they went nuts because they looked at me like I was one of them. Yeah. Like they could be yeah. me sitting next to me at the the bar <laughs> or whatever, right? And I'll never forget that. Eating I dog food Getting ready again. to cover the next kickoff thinking, my career is over. That is the, this is the beginning of the end. Because I did something I had never done in my nine years of playing in the National Football League. And thought about getting yet hit. My arms were up at the dog pound. And do you know I have a picture of that hanging in my home? A picture of that very moment where my arms were up at the dog pound, knowing in my heart I was done. Even so, that exact highlight right there that we played, that, that was I, that's all from that. After that, wow. after that touchdown, I covered the kickoff. I think I made the tackle, too, if I'm if memory serves. Made the tackle. I'll find it. And yet, all of a sudden, there it is. Walking to the dog pound knowing, I can't believe I did that. What are you doing, Ron? Well, if that highlight was in the uh, special KD watched, he would have been like, that guy, that's the guy that took my phone. And there he is in this Vinny Testaverde special. You know what, think about that. Why was he talking about Vinny Testaverde? Well, <laughs> He, we also talked about leadership, which is where I was going to try and go there before we, go. we get the break. <laughs> and he talked about, look. The You're thing in I, trouble today, Luke. One of the things, hey, <laughs> not on me today. Uh, one of the things that I, I like about Katie is he is aware of what's going on around him and he admits it, right? He knows he gets criticized for his leadership, which we've talked about at length on this show. I, I think he is a leader. I think he's a different kind of leader. But, you know, he hears it and he doesn't hide from it. He's not like, oh, I don't pay attention to things. Yeah, you do. And so does everybody else. Uh, but he talked about being overlooked as a leader on this special i just i'm not as charismatic as my peers i don't have a personality that's like fit for tv like my peers and a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media and that's just really what it is it's like you got to sell what you're doing as well and i haven't sold it enough you know and i feel like i don't i mean i don't i don't feel like i need to i don't feel like i want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either. Now here's Frank Vogel, obviously his coach, on Bickley and Murata this morning for Newsmakers Week. Well, he definitely leads, leads by example, uh, but he also speaks up when he needs to. You know, uh, not every player is going to be a rah-rah type and, um, you know, uh, you know, to be that, that type of, of, of guy, but, you know, every, 
every player leads in their own way. You have to lead within your personality. You know, like I learned that as a coach a long time ago that you know, I can't come in and, and try to be uh, Rick Pitino as much as he inspired me to get into coaching. Our, our personalities are different. I have to coach within my personality. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody has to, you know, from a player standpoint, uh, has, has to lead that way within their personality. And I think KD does a great job of doing that. I, I, Vogel just nailed it. Like to me, I, I've always looked at Kevin Durant as a leader, maybe not like your main leader, and he's not going to be the guy firing everybody up right before the game. Like, but. What he is is genuine to who he is. You know what I mean. And as a as, yes. a as a teammate, I would respect that a lot more than somebody standing up in the locker room before the game and giving this rah rah speech, like Frank Vogel just said. When I know it's not legit, like yeah. Katie will speak up when he needs to. I think the biggest thing is leading by example. We've talked about this. He's a calming influence on this team that has lost its cool in the past. Well, as I've said for many many years, Basinonians leaders, you have to do first. You have to, if you're not doing, you can't lead. You can't. As a matter of fact, if you try to lead and you're not doing in an NFL locker room, or even I would imagine an NBA locker room or an NHL locker room, or even in the MLB clubhouse, if you're not doing, you can't lead and you will become a pariah in said locker room or clubhouse. If in fact you try to do that, because you have to do before you can say and the best leaders, it's not about rah-rah. You know what it is? It's about jaw-to-jaw. It's not about rah-rah. It's about jaw-to-jaw. It is. Did I you did. make that up? Yes. Wow. Jaw-to-jaw. It's jaw-to-jaw, not rah-rah. On, walk up on some dude and go jaw-to-jaw and challenge him to do better. Not not attack him or beat him down or, or try to embarrass him. Walk up and go jaw-to-jaw and look him dead in the eye challenge him to do better that's what a leader does all right we come back brandon fought is he the perfect example of what the diamondbacks world series run can do for a team's confidence we'll get into that next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader hey everybody it's bernsey spring training games start this week so what off-season signing are we looking forward to seeing the most? We'll talk about that and more today at Straight Up 2 O'Clock. All right, it's almost here. Friday is almost here. Okay. Spring training. And once Friday starts, it's baseball season. Oh, you know it, man. Here it comes, Basinonians. The Diamondbacks! Now, the summer of 2024. I don't. That sounds like a baseball book that somebody writes if they pull it off this year. I don't know that I would be, admittedly, I don't know that, like, if the Diamondbacks, if I lived somewhere else, that I would be as excited about spring training. But when you're here and there's, what, 15 teams here, Cactus League teams, both the World Series teams from last year are here, I think it's a little bit different. You know, like, if, if... Spring training was all played in Florida or something. It would still be exciting because the Diamondbacks are defending the NL Does. National League. Does. But, but still, now, I mean, there's that much more to it when it's here. Um, I just like saying the NL champion, the National League champion, <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks, the National League, not reigning, not defending, just the National League champion. It's a state of being. <laughs> right? It's just the same. It's not like today we're recognizing the Arizona Diamondbacks. It, it's not about that. It's it's about, well, they're the National League champion. <laughs> so why wouldn't you recognize them? So it's just accepted. Just say it. Uh, Brandon Fott. How about these numbers? In a year. You gotta fight <laughs> for your right. 
Brandon fought, okay. obviously. It just, it feels, to just, just feels good to get right that there. going yeah, again this year. Um, that, of course, was born out of his uh, his run last year where, look, 2024 or 2023, <laughs> rather, a season when all, most pitchers' ERAs went up, like just across the board, collectively, Major League Baseball pitching ERA went up, runs scored went up, everything. In a year like that, he made five postseason starts, and his ERA was 3.27. His whip was 1.09. And those starts, by the way, were career starts 20 through 24 in any game yes. in the majors. Yes. But get to it. That's it. That's that, all I really That had. wasn't, you know, honestly. I was going to let what you get the, the rest of the What was the best part for Brandon Fott, ladies and gentlemen? The best part was the fact that the playoffs loomed. And suddenly this dude got to be put into a position a high leverage situation for his team in the postseason. And he saw himself come through for his team. Can I tell you right now? Oh, baby. The soul ceiling of Brandon Fought, the soul's ceiling of Fought, just went up big time because of that. You hear me talk about it all the time, Luke. Confidence is the currency of competition. And when you listen to Brandon Fought talk about last year, he is the tip of the iceberg for the rest of the team. And these young guys on this team that I think are going to have better seasons. They went 4-1 um, and one in games where he started. Brandon Fought in the playoffs. I'm just talking about the playoffs. In the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, four and one. One of them, and I'm just trying to make sure I have this. Just, you know, it's just to make sure we, we can kind of relive this. One of them was the Diamondbacks' first playoff game. All right, so here we talk about a high leverage situation. All right, Brandon, I know you've only pitched in 19 games, and they've been up and down in the regular season. Yeah, uh, but we need you, and we haven't been to the playoffs in a while. No big deal. Uh, we need you to start <laughs> the first game. Of our postseason in uh, in Milwaukee. Okay, well, okay, that's a win. Uh, all right, Brandon. Now, um, for your second start, we need you to start the uh, game where we can eliminate the Dodgers. All right, we can sweep the Dodgers. Um, we need you to come in and start that game. The, the elimination game yes. of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, can we just do that? Uh, we'll oh, take gonna... the ball, big guy. Uh, okay, well, okay, that was a win. Uh, all right, now, Brandon, for your next, we need you. Now, look. Nobody expected us to be here. <laughs> I love this loop. But we are down 2-0 to Philadelphia. And I see. Our, our season's basically going to end if we can't uh, if we can't win this one tonight. Can you go out there and I don't know, can you give us like can you just give us like 5 and 2 thirds shutout innings with 9 strikeouts? <laughs> All right. We'll get you two total runs. Can you get us a 2-1 win? Yeah, okay. Then they weren't done. Hey Brandon. It's game seven in Philadelphia, and, and nobody thinks we have a chance. Wait nobody a can even you figure out why we're here. Game seven? In, in Philly. In Philly. In Philly. Yeah. Um, okay. It should be a pretty calm environment. Can you uh, Can you go out there and, I don't know, can you get us another win? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got us another win right there. Um, that was for the National League Championship? That was just to go to the World Series. Just to go to the World Series. A National League Championship yeah. and to go to the World Series. Brandon, no pressure. Are you kidding me? Listen to what Brandon Fought actually says about this stuff because based on earnings, I talk about it all the time, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so jacked up for today's show because we're going to talk an awful lot about what lies within. And this is the difference. And if there's a professional athlete that is out there listening right now, I don't care who it is, Kevin Durant, I don't care if it's Devin Booker, I don't care who is listening right now. If there's a professional athlete, he knows this already. They know it already. It's what lies within. 
You can have all the talent in the world. You can have the structure. You can have the frame. You can have the athletic ability. And it all means absolutely jack if you don't have the soul and the spirit to bring it. It means jack. That was quite the setup. Usually when I've set something up, I'm like, here's Brandon Fott talking. And and that wolf setup is like a 45. It's longer than the clip. You ready? Yeah, I think I think it, it obviously gave me a little boost of confidence knowing that that it's possible. And I think having anytime having that success can will, will help you at the end of the day. And and like I like I tell everybody, you know, getting those starts under my belt really really helped me out. Uh, I think in the wild card, it you know I got that one under the belt, went on to the DS, and then every step of the way, you know, you just get a little more confident. Uh, as you go, and now looking at this year, I know what pitcher I need to be. And, you know, I obviously don't have everything figured out, but I have more figured out than I did previously. And I think that's how you grow as a player, and, and that's how I'm looking at it and just trying to keep getting better. From, from Bickley Marauder's show, too. I'm just saying right now, this is the gold. And I just want to have at it right now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Okay, Mel. So you can go ahead. Everyone knows you just want to lose your mind when you hear something like that. What do you mean, Brandon Fought? What's possible? To Knowing it's possible, he said. Knowing what is possible, Luke Lipinski? What do you think he's talking about? What is possible? Every time I hear possible, I just think of Kevin Garnett yelling anything is possible. That you could take the ball at the highest level known to man and do your job and do it well? Is that what you're talking about, Brandon Fott? You had the confidence, but until you actually did it, that confidence is garbage. It doesn't mean anything. Now that Brandon Fott has experienced it, you know you can do it, right, Brandon? And knowing you can do it, Raises the soul ceiling big time. The other part of this equation, and maybe it was by necessity, but the Diamondbacks stuck with them, you know? Like, as you're talking, I think everybody can relate this either to sports or to something else. You remember a moment in your life where it's like, hey, I'm ready for this, but maybe the first time through, it's, it doesn't go perfectly. So you get a second chance at it, and then you take off. And that's, you know, Brandon fought his first few starts. They didn't go great. I'm talking about the regular season. That's right. But they, they didn't. They, right. It wasn't just like, all right, we'll see you in two years. They, they kept calling on him. They sent him down at one point, but they called him back up. I mean, he got multiple chances to get it right. And then in the playoffs, it was like, here you are, buddy. <laughs> you've shown us you can you can pitch in the majors. Now you've got to be great in the postseason. And because they hadn't just cut ties with him right away after he had a bad start against Texas, he took off. They don't go... There's 0% chance they go to the World Series without Brandon Fott. Confidence is the currency of competition, isn't it, Brandon? You buy and sell performance based on your confidence level. But they had confidence in him, too. They, If they handled that poorly, they could have created self-doubt. Yeah, but that confidence in him, I don't think, is is going to help him when suddenly standing on the mound in Game 7. I agree, but he wouldn't be on the mound in Game 7. The confidence in him is not going to help him do his job. He's got to see himself be successful. But he's got to be in that position. (laughs) Otherwise, you're just walking around talking about how you could be successful. Him being successful and confident in himself gave them confidence in him. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, how much has Kevin Durant's game evolved over the years? You're going to hear what KD had to say about that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, Dan Bickley here. Day three of Newsmakers is Thursday. Do not miss a minute. Join us at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, isn't it just fitting that they play Luca and the Mavericks? Oh, you you specifically requested this song. This is what our newsroom sounds like before the show, for anybody wondering. Actually, I had the door shut today, Luke. I was know? disappointed I, I, in that, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because then know? I had to find music to listen to, and I can't get away with playing it, so i got to put headphones in like a rube. Man, this is excellent right here. A little song for the tunnel. Is it not, Basinonians? You're getting ready to do something out between lines. Maybe you just want to get jacked up a little bit. Well, you know what? Disturbed is not a bad way to go. Just saying. All right. So Kevin Durant, we referenced the boardroom (laughs) cover story earlier in the show talking about leadership. But like I said, it was an hour long. It's KD. He he went into a lot of different things. At one point, Devin Booker just walked through the set. (laughs) Yeah, that was wild, man. Like, what was going on? I don't know. They were outside. I don't know if that was like KD's yard or what. I don't know. I don't know where they were. But uh, but the interview was outdoors, right? And, and and the interview starts. It's like still pretty light out. And by the end, it's like dark. Like that's how long I they were talking. They were actually in Orlando, didn't they? Say they were in. Yeah, they Maybe. said they were in Orlando actually. And why they were in Orlando, I'm not sure. But they were in that's Orlando. A good question. Yes. But it, it it did not look like Phoenix. So I didn't expect Devin Booker to come walking through the backyard. That was so odd right there. Then <laughs> he's uh, like, "What do you want for dinner?" And he's yeah. like, "That's what I just texted you." <laughs> These guys. You could tell Booker's like, are you done shooting this thing that's supposed to be an hour? And like, Come on, man. I've done a whole round of golf while you were doing this. Yeah. Well, they did They did travel to Orlando to play this year, right? So yeah. maybe that's maybe what that they did. Maybe. maybe they were doing it. Uh, here is KD on the boardroom talking about his work ethic. Most definitely. Because, I mean, I, I, know, I know 6'10 dudes around who don't can't move a lick, can't shoot, who can't do anything on a basketball court, who haven't even made the league, who's 6'9", 6'10", walking around earth that's just, that aspired to be basketball players, but just couldn't. I actually had to show, I had to work on it, then show it and prove it in order for me to be this. It wasn't just off of potential. Man, you 6'9", and you can shoot, man. You're going to be good, man. Let's just work with you. No, I had to prove it. I had to work on it and show you and prove it by my consistency every day. There it is right there. On an individual basis, Luke Lipinski, talent and toughness together. Talent is there. He was given the God-given talent, Kevin Durant. All this talent, all the ability, he was given that. What are you going to do with it? That's where the toughness comes in. That's where the work ethic comes in. That's where the training comes into play. What are you going to do with it? it? It's so, it's still strange talking about Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns. Just because, like last segment, we're talking about Brandon Fott, right? Fott, all the stuff he can do. How I mean, <laughs> and his run last year was ridiculous too. That was otherworldly. That's not something you typically see. You're talking about a guy trying to get better, trying to find his place in this league. Is he going to be the number four starter this year? Is he going to pitch like a three or maybe even a two? Like, who knows, right? But with KD, it's like, I know he doesn't feel this way, like he's got it all figured out. But when you say it's it's talent and toughness together, it's like, well, yeah, because we're talking about one of the dozen greatest players in the history of the sport. That's 
he's got so much of it already figured out. But yeah. that's that was an interesting cut to me because that was like, this is how it started. I'm sure you could you could walk around in high school or college and be six ten or whatever KD was at that point, and he's technically six eleven uh, now. Don't tell him he's seven foot because he will tell you he's not seven foot. Yeah, right. But uh, you know, and just assume like, oh yeah, you'll be good at basketball. Look how much taller you are than everybody else. That's not his mindset. And if it was his mindset, maybe he'd be in the league, but he would be bouncing around the league because teams were just trying to move on from him. You know, honestly, right now, um, what I love about this, Mason Orleans, he takes offense to that. I don't know if there has been any human being that was more gifted than Kevin Durant. Think about Kevin Durant when he was coming onto the scene, right, at Oklahoma City. Think about Kevin Durant. Second pick in the draft, <laughs> not the first. Yeah, right. Second pick in the draft. Just don't give Portland the first pick anymore. Just think of his talent, the ability, everything that he was given to play the game of basketball. And yet, it's an offense to him if you don't mention the fact that he had to work really hard to get to where he is right now. That's that's the way you want it to be. You want somebody who's got a ton of talent to understand just how hard it is. And this is why there are mad kings that are out there. They don't know how hard it is because they don't take what they've been given and work hard with it. Not as hard as they should. And that's the problem. Portland had the pick before Kevin Durant. And they had to pick before Michael Jordan. That's rough. To be picking before each of those guys was taken. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Here's more from Katie talking about the hard work. So, yeah, it's about showing up, working hard. On top of you having the measurables and the God-given physical gifts. But if you don't actually consistently work on it every day, fine-tune it every day, you'll never get to being a great you can squeeze by and be solid and, you know, stay around because of your size and your measurables. But it's just another layer, I think. I'm always trying to break through. Even if I don't know what the next layer is, I'm always trying to figure out, all right, how can I evolve from this and get better from this? And I think that's the difference. Ask yourself this, Mason Orleans, as you listen to Kevin Durant right there. Do you think he said that to DeAndre Ayton? Do you think he said anything like that, Luke? Boy, it was it was tough to not think of DA during that part of the conversation, Big wasn't time. it? It was just like, and I don't know that he meant it that way. I mean, at one point, it, when the first cut we just played, it almost sounded like he was like, guys that aren't even in the NBA. It almost sounded like he was like, I don't want people to think DA. I'm going to go, I'm going to clarify. I'm not. But it was tough to not think about it because DA is so talented. And he was his teammate. You know, it's not it's not not like they're just two guys that happen to be in the NBA. I would venture a guess. And again, I don't know this. Um, I'm just guessing based audience, but I'm sure Kevin Durant had more than one sit down with DeAndre Aiden and express that very thing right there to him. I, I'm sure. Now, again, I could be dead wrong on that. I just the way KD is though in the way he's always sort Katie of talks to help somebody he's got, he's got love in his heart i feel like if you're on his team he's talked to you like that There's you know no what i mean doubt. even if it's not if it's not so overtly like hey here's here's what you need to do better i just think if you're around him this is how he talks this is how he's always talked and so if you are somebody that fits the subject he's talking about yeah. if you're a, a teammate in the nba yes you would think that would 
hit home. See, and the problem is, once again, this is where a mad king goes sideways, Basin Ornians, because you've got to listen to what people are saying. You've got to take advice. You've got to hide that in your heart. You've got to bury it in your heart because then it will force you. It will compel you to do something about it. Or you're just going to dismiss it as, well, you know, he's just, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll get back into football. Or I guess this is the first time we've done football all day. How important is the relationship between a quarterback and the tight end? You're going to hear what Trey McBride had to say on that topic next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We always do with this Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us Thursday. Newsmakers Week continues with some of the biggest names in Valley sports, including Cardinals GM Monty Fort, Josh Bartlestein from the Suns, Derek Hall from the D-backs, and Jerry Colangelo. It starts at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Armani Austin Fort tomorrow. Be honest, Wolf. If we were interviewing Monty Austin for it right now, we had him on every other week during the season, right? But yeah. if we were interviewing him right now, it would be almost impossible to sit there and ask him questions and not say the name Marvin Harrison Jr. I think one of my questions would just be, Marvin Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah. And he'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, what's your Like reaction? a question mark? Yeah, exactly. Marvin I, Harrison Jr.? I'm Ron Burgundy? Yeah. Um, really, right now, and if I'm Monty Ossenfort, I am not letting you know anything. Oh, no. His in regard to what I'm thinking. His reaction's going to be, oh, there's a lot of good players in this draft. Yeah, uh, are you know. kidding me yeah. right now? Hey, yeah. there's a guy here, Malik Neighbors. I'm telling you right now. Oh, there's Have a lot of directions kid? we could go. Oh, there's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be, you're going to start talking about everybody in this draft other than Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Who's that? This Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison has a son and he plays football. You're not going to pigeonhole me, Luke Lipinski, with your question. Let's see. (laughs) We should just do a segment where I interview you and see how it goes. Right. I'll I'll be Monty. No. (laughs) No, no. You be you. I'll just interview you. We'll see what happens. All right. This is Trey McBride uh, on the Green Light Podcast. Uh, This is not from today. It's from a little, not too long ago, about a week or two ago. Uh, but he was talking about Kyler Murray, and so we wanted to talk about it here. This is uh, Trey McBride on Kyler. Kyler's a tremendous athlete, a guy who's always going to make plays, a guy who's extending plays, and, and that's something we work on all the time. We're always trying to extend plays. We know with Kyler back there, he's going to be running around. He's going to make things happen, and, and we got to be able to get open for him. So we work that all the time, and, and most of it's just having that chemistry, having that trust with him, and, and having him believe that I'm going to be open, and he, when he throws me the ball, I'm going to come down with it. And the more I did that for him, the more he kept coming to me, and uh, my opportunities just kept coming. Ah, there it is right there. You know, uh, first of all, let me just say this. I got to get this out of the way. The best development of Kyler Murray last year was he was throwing the ball from the pocket. That is the best development. But do you want to have the capability of extending plays, using his legs and extending plays? Oh, my goodness, basically. You do not want to take that away ever from your starting quarterback. That has got to be a must. It's one of the reasons why I think it is going to be a must to every NFL team that is out there. That a quarterback is a dual threat going forward because it's a must that you've got a quarterback who can extend plays with his legs and make plays with his legs. That's going to be the norm going forward. Because of that, right now, you've got to be able to do that. But the best development was Kyler Murray throwing the ball from the pocket. Yeah, no, it's, and, you know, <laughs> throwing to Trey McBride. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm trying not to bring up Marvin Harrison Jr. here, but Trey McBride, six foot four, 
and Kyler locked in on him in the second half of the season, and it worked. It wasn't, you know, sure, were there a few plays where it was like, okay, maybe he's trying to, to force it to McBride because yeah. all his receivers were hurt, uh, or they just weren't, you know, vibing or whatever. But, uh, I mean, you see what Kyler did with a six foot four target. Wouldn't it just be great to have Trey McBride, Marvin Harrison Jr., and honestly, Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> I'll take that all day long, man. Hollywood over to the top, man. Are you kidding me? That would be, that'd be lights out. I don't know that you really need to add much else to the offense at that point, you know. And, and maybe they don't want to bring back Hollywood. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's he's going to price himself out. I mean, we'll start to get some of these answers soon. Free agency's before the draft. I don't feel like anybody's even mentioning free agency. Uh, but here's more from McBride on Kyler's work ethic. I think it's just the work ethic. You see him in there every day. You see him putting the work in. You see him grinding. And I think it's just him being there, uh, showing up, being a leader, and uh, what he does off the field, what he does in the yeah. building. He's just a tremendous person. And the rap that he gets from the media isn't always the best. But, you know, I know the real Kyler. I know the guy that I'm with every day. And, and he's a tremendous person, a tremendous player. And I love spending time with him. And I hope that we can grow our career and, and play a long time together. And with mm-hmm. Kyler, too, I don't, I don't know that a a teammate would have said that three years ago, let's say. And that doesn't mean Kyler's work ethic was any worse three years ago. It's just a lot more Obvious, partially because he's around. You know, in years past, it would be like, okay, yeah, I'm working out in you know Texas or whatever with a couple of receivers. But he was, it was so, it was just so obvious had the work he was putting in last year that I think it changed a lot of people's narratives around him. Yeah, it was interesting to hear him say, "I know the real Kyler." You know, I mean, it, it was just, it was, it reminded me of so many guys that I played with um, that had this reputation with the media where I really didn't know that person that way, okay? And not saying it wasn't earned because there are some guys that don't really like the media. And I would say Kyler Murray, for the most part, has been a guy that has been cold with the media. Would you agree with that? Definitely the first, yeah, yeah, definitely the first few years of his career. And I don't know if it was... First few years of his career, I I would say Kyler Murray, and I don't hold that as a... I don't even know if it was intentional. I just think he was just kind of like, yeah, I don't need you guys, or whatever. Yes, I just, to me, once again, he he has that rap. There's no doubt about it, but a teammate is going to know him differently and Kyler needs to continue to develop as a leader. There's no doubt. He's not a finished product. And I think Kyler knows this. And that's the reason why we heard the difference. Did we not hear the difference in him last season talking to the media when he did? This is not even a, a topic of dispute anymore. That's at least from the other show hosts that I've heard. They heard a difference yeah. in him as yeah, well. No, 100%. And, and, you know, was it intentional yeah. <laughs> is that a bad thing? Did yeah. somebody tell him to work on it? I yes. don't know. Did, did he? Did he need to? Did, yes. Did he maybe just, you know, kind of have time to take a step back and look at where his career was with the injury and was like, okay, I know what? I'm going to attention to detail on everything. I'm going to tie this up. I don't, if, if it came from him or somebody else, I don't really care. It was it, it was the fact that he saw value in it and realized, hey, I'm Kyler Murray. Anytime I say anything, I represent the Arizona Cardinals. And if we're trying to go in a new direction, as they were a year ago, yes. I got to be the face of that. And, I mean, we're we're past any sort of discussion that they may go in a different direction at quarterback, right? Does yes. anybody still I, – yes. I guess technically until the draft, you sure. have to kind of leave that possibility out there, but it sure doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't feel like that, and I think you nailed it right there. You did. You mentioned the injury. Uh, I think the ACL was indeed the best thing that happened to Kyler Murray. 
I think it was. Well, it's going to be either the best or the worst. It depends on how you handle it if you're Kyler Murray, right? You're in that situation and it sucks. You either can make it the best thing that's ever happened to you or the worst thing that ever happened yeah, to you. Yeah, but I think, once again, I think he has handled it. He, he needs to acknowledge what that time period, what that dispensation did for him and resolve. He's got to have that resolve and the leadership going forward, his development as a man, all of this. I think is what he's he's learned from that ACL, and now the responsibility that comes with it. He's got to go prove it. Got to go prove it, man. This is the way you do it. The NFL is a meritocracy. You got to go prove it, and it's just a state of proving it. It's not every day. It's just proving it. Period. <laughs> not every day, Luke. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Everyone, every day, no, no, it's just, why would you say I've got to do it? No, walk around in a state of proving it. Why wouldn't you? Of course you would. And this is what he's got to adopt for the rest of his career. You can't ever rest on your laurels ever. No way. Do you ever see the Sean White special on HBO? I feel like you're not a big snowboard guy. No, I'm not, okay. but it, I know who the dude is. Well, it's done pretty well, and there's a line in it that made me think of you when I saw it. I watched it a few months ago, um, where he's just, he's like two Olympic runs into his career, and he's yeah. like training, and he, it's just like terrible fall, like busts up his face, like everything. They're like, everybody's like, dude, retire. Dude. And, and his, his line in the, in the documentary is like, I knew, he's like, I basically took the situation was like, I have to make this the best thing that ever happened to me because there's no other option. It's what lies within. Isn't that right, Sean? It worked out pretty well for him. It seems like it's working out pretty well for Kyler. Trey McBride and Kyler, to bring it back to Trey McBride for a second, when you look at the future of this team on offense, they're the only guys you know and that's why I was, you know, double-checking that we can kind of pencil Kyler in now for a while. Assuming Kyler's here for a while. Kyler Murray and Trey McBride are the only guys you know for sure are going to be here, let's say, two years from now. Paris Johnson Jr., too, but I'm, I'm just talking more like running back, tight end, receiver, quarterback. That's what you're building around right now in terms of the those positions. Yes, offensively. Yeah, yeah. on offense. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Um, my hope for Kyler Murray, based on means, is that he will continue to grow. Grow as a football player. Grow as a man, as a leader. And we'll get to a point where he plays the game with abandon because the impact that he could have is stunning. When you talk about the smallest guy on the field going out and playing with abandon, a game of, on the field, it, it rallies you. It, 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 I, I can't even describe the impact that it has on you. When you see the smallest guy on the football field, Vaisa Bicycle came in was the smallest guy in the football field. And didn't you Went tackle to two him Pro once? Bowls. I did tackle okay. him once. Yeah. Yes, I did. Accidentally. Bicycle yeah. Hima. This guy was well, um, five seven, five eight, maybe somewhere in there. The smallest guy on the football field. Bicycle Hima. He was a warrior. We used to run to his side. When, when when he was on the field and waylay anybody that was giving him any type of grief, we used to do it. Why? He was the smallest guy on the field. He was the toughest guy on the field. The smallest guys on the field have the biggest impact when they play the game with abandon. 
play the game with abandon, Kyler. Uh, we come back. What's Frank Vogel expecting from his team in their final 27 games of the regular season? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.